Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Schmozone podcast. This is episode 14. I'm Dave Schmolton, a.k.a. The Schmo at Cinco de Mayo. My co-host is... Helen Yee Sports. And today, I'm rocking the Schmo Shield. In case you are not watching and you're listening and my voice sounds a little muffled here. Well, it does look good, though. And it's um protective, right? Like you're wearing a protective shield. So, I mean, I like it. Hey, this might be the future of how we are do how we can do these interviews moving forward. Having some sort of protective wear. And this is more than just putting a face mask on. Part of the schmo character. You can see the mouth. But, hey, this protects the eyes too. This plastic. Yeah, that's a very great and innovative idea, I must add. You got to thank Dr. Harold K. Schmolson, my father. Click Ray and the Schmo going into business together, creating these for the masses. And here we are. So when are they for sale then? I think we're looking at the first week of June. We're going to put these things out. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you like one of these, hey, just let us know. Put it in the comments and uh, we're going to get these things out because I think this is a great way to do interviews and protecting yourself moving forward. Yeah. And I definitely think, obviously, we do need something moving forward, right? Yes. Real quickly here, I'm going to take this off over my shoulder. I got to give a shout out over here. Dave Corsi, 3D printing. Look at over here. We got a Schmo bust. It's, he painted a gold too. It's like the Schmo's own Hall of Fame bus over here. Ink Vortex made that Instagram post. I reposted it. It's that Schmo cartoon character, kind of toy soldier. Um, looked a little creepy. We brought it to life and it's the newest prop on our set. I love it. I love the yellow glasses. It's like to the T, perfect attention to detail. It's very impressive. I had no idea he was going to be doing that with the yellow glasses and adding those on. Um, huge kudos to him. Really appreciate that. A lot of fun. And uh, it's going to be here for a long time, I think. Yes. Well, speaking of a lot of fun, some travel, should we let them know? Break the news, Helen. We are heading to Jacksonville in the morning. Jacksonville, Florida. The Schmo and Helen E. Sports are covering UFC 249 and UFC Fight Nights May 13th and May 16th. At least 10 days in South Florida. And before you all go crazy here and like, what the hell are these guys doing? It's quarantine. It's the coronavirus. Rightfully so. Uh, there are some major health hurdles and precautions that we are taking in order to be there and to be safe. We have extensive screening that the UFC is going to be going through with us. And look, the world needs to go on and we need to do this and bring people some optimism, something to get to escape from the craziness, but do this in the healthiest, safest environment possible. So uh, we will be going through uh, an extensive list of precautionary testing for this. Yes, and to add to that, some of those testings include medical screenings and temperature checks. And of course, we'll be keeping our social distance. Yeah, every day that we are there, um, I know we're going to be tested. You know, we have a certain time, like a five-hour window every morning where they have to do tests. They're going to be testing our antibodies. I know they've got the nas nasal swab that they're going to do. Extensive work by uh, Dr. Jeff Davidson of the UFC and that whole crew, UFC PR, um, everyone who's in charge of everything, putting all the logistics. Uh, they are top of the line and are at the yes. forefront of making sure that everybody is safe and doing this right. And uh, we're going to 
vlog this. We're going to put this up on our YouTube channels, make some vlogs, uh, do do as much interviewing as possible, whether we have to continue to do it virtually or do it at a safe so- social distance with the, uh, <laughs> the schmo mask and facial covers, whatever's needed. We will adapt on the fly. This is uncharted territory. Exactly. So make sure to stay tuned, follow us on our social media and... Like David said, we'll be doing vlogs and kind of giving everyone that behind the scenes look because that is kind of in a way what our podcast is about as well. Yeah, we're going to be locked down literally on site at the host hotel and we're not going to leave. It's not like we're going to go party at the beaches and (laughs) do everything. We're essentially going to be locked down as part of the UFC family, I guess, and uh, just reporting as much content as possible um, and just doing what we do in this new uh, world we're living in, this, you know, 2.0 post, I can't even say because we're still in this lockdown right now, but whatever it looks like, journalism looks like in a post-coronavirus, during-coronavirus world we live in. A.K.A. 2020. 2020, (laughs) what a year it's been, right? I know, and it's not even June yet. It's not even June. It's it's just um, you never. I never would have thought we'd be at this point ever, like in our lifetimes. But you know, that's what it's all about: adapting on the fly. Exactly. So this will be a interesting, you know, fun uh, few weeks coming up. Definitely, and uh, we did take a quick day trip, two day trip. We drove out to Arizona. And uh, we tested the Schmo shield out with our pal Henry Cejudo, who's fighting Dominic Cruz, putting the Bantamweight title on the line, interviewed him. And, um, you know, that was the first taste of what we could potentially be seeing with doing this stuff. And, of course, it was a lot of fun interviewing Henry, Triple C, King of Cringe, C4 potentially as the Schmo. C4 is if... He was to beat Dominic Cruz and then, you know, fight Volkanovski for the featherweight title. That's obviously a lot down the line, a lot to happen, a lot of MMA math you have to make, but it's always fun entertaining new nicknames, right? Yeah, and I know they've kind of been going back and forth a little bit on social media, so. But Henry does have to get through Dominic Cruz first. Which is a very, very difficult task, and that's why we have... Uriah Faber, which will play that interview shortly, the legend, the former WEC featherweight champion, the Hall of Famer, one of two guys to beat Dominic Cruz, the other one being his pupil, Cody Garbrandt. So we, I reached out to him, the Schmo reached out to him earlier today. We chatted Zoom conference style and just basically just to see if there's a secret sauce, pick his brain of how to beat Dominic Cruz and how he anticipates this match will go down. And if a three and a half year layoff and that ring rust theory is alive and well, or it doesn't even matter for this fight. I'm excited for that interview. Yeah, it was, it was a good 14, 15 minute interview. It's just such a unique situation that these fighters are in because their training camps are not the same. They're not training with all of the same partners and they're limited to how many people can be in a specific space. Their equipment is different. Uh, their logistics for travel is different. Every single fighter I, is at the same disadvantage in a way. And let's not forget, even some of the fighters fighting this weekend, for example, the Francis Ngannou, even Tony Ferguson, they've probably been in camp for quite a long time. And then in camp expecting to fight in April initially, then getting that postponed and stuff. And then, um, so like you said, I mean, a lot of fighters going through a lot of changes, a lot of differences uh, heading into this fight weekend. That's a very great point uh, that you just made. We were with like Francis Ngannou in Los Angeles when he was coming back to Las Vegas to start his training camp in the first place during the Fit Expo at the end of January. He's been in camp so long. Some of these guys were getting ready for a date in April and late March, and they just had to extend it. Even Tony Ferguson made Cutting weight. weight. He yeah. cut weight already. And now he's doing it again a few weeks later. And that's what I asked uh, Uriah Faber in the interview because we brought up Tony Ferguson and his crazy local 
lifestyle and and how great he is for the sport but just like cutting weight twice and just the what the body goes through and what these guys must go through like man to be in this situation to not know can you imagine it's already tough enough to enter the octagon or enter the cage if you're an mma fighter in general but to think that you have a fight and have to have that day continuously push back and then literally a week before hearing it's getting pulled off it's on it's off just new opponent new opponents people dropping out it's a really tough time to be an mma fighter yes but one million percent of respect going to everyone who is fighting and i'm looking forward to it i'm looking at the card right now a lot of great fights great match match ups there's a ton of great matchups and we'll get into those after the uriah faber interview um it's just a very unique time, and we're excited to be a part of it. And, you know, uh, we will do, we're not going to be able to please everybody, never have been, but we will do our best. And just, uh, it's exciting to be a part of history because this is historic. This is the first yeah. professional sporting event that's really put on. Uh, obviously, there's no spectators. I'm not including WrestleMania which they filmed in private in April. This is this is something kind of like in real time for the masses. And you got to, if you're just a sports fan, it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to escape from. And um, it's a loaded fight card, whether you're a casual fight fan or you're a diehard fight fan, you're going to see great fights. And um, I just hope it could put on a smile to many people's faces and uh, just an escape for a few hours. Uh, next Saturday and the following Wednesday and the following Saturday and hopefully a lot more after that, right? Yes, absolutely. And is this where they say, quote, what a time to be alive? I always say that. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah, it definitely is. But uh, let's let's not waste any time. We, we already introduced him. Uh, let's play the uh, Uriah Faber, the Schmo and the Pro interview. This is the schmo with the pro, a man that needs no introduction, the California kid, the Hall of Famer, the former WEC featherweight champion of the world, Uriah Faber. How we doing? Zoom conference style. <laughs> doing good. I don't think my neighbor was ready for that schmo uh, introduction there. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Just chilling. Have the baby here. I'm at my neighbor's house uh enjoying the beautiful weather in california always sunny in california isn't it uh for the most part for the most part sacramento is different than la but yes now you're 40 years young you got your 41st birthday coming up how are you going to celebrate during this quarantine situation oh man every day is a celebration around here but i don't know i i think you know, I would have liked to take a fight right around my birthday as like a little birthday present, but this quarantine put kind of a damper on things. So um, probably just hang out, have a good time. I think I'll probably be in Jacksonville, so I'll get to enjoy some fights. Uh, Darren Elkins is fighting out there. It's rumored that possibly Clay Guida. There's uh, Darren Elkins. He's 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 fighting Song Yudong. So um, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it seeing some carnage near my my birthday when are you flying out to jacksonville do you know yet i don't have the details i think uh probably you know i think it's standard i text dana about is it just standard time between like a normal fight week he said yes so i'd imagine five weeks before the 16th or five days before the 16th or there gotcha so that's next week early next week yeah, something like that. Now, I saw your Instagram story a couple of days ago. Were you beefing with um, Cheeto Vera, Marlon Vera? What's going on with that back and forth? Because I thought he was fighting Song Yadong on the 16th. <laughs> you know, Cheeto said he got hacked. And so that's why I put that out. I don't know if that's, that's what really what's going on. But um, somehow, you know, there's Eastern Ecuador, right? Songs from China, America here. I think there's a little language barrier. Somehow Cheetah got it in his mind that Song had pushed out kind of what he said uh, of the fight. In the meantime, Song's training his butt off, getting ready to rumble on short notice. And, uh, and so he asked me to come in. No beef, really. I, 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 told, uh, I told 
Shelby and those guys because he was worried about if they don't have a certain amount of fights that the fights will be canceled. And I think they're meeting at a higher weight anyways. They said, look, I'll be out there with Song. If the whole show is going to get canceled because they're trying to get the things situated for Song and with visas and everything else, then in this last minute, I'll just jump in, uh, you know, the day before and fight. And I won't have, as long as I have to make weight. And uh, I, I haven't really got a response from that yet. But as long as, you know, this quarantine life hasn't been great for the weight cut, as you can imagine. So, uh, and I would hate to see a UFC have to go under because there's not enough fight. So I would, I would be there for backup in, in case Song doesn't go through. But that's what Cheeto said. He said, you're right, jump in. Sounds like a good idea to me. OG, always willing to step up, always willing to fight. Now let's pick your brain here for a second because we got Henry Cejudo fighting Dominique Cruz. You're one of two men to beat Dominique Cruz. You beat him in the WEC days. Then your pupil, Cody Garbrandt, he dethroned him. How do you see him matching up against Henry Cejudo? And keep in mind, Cruz is coming off three-and-a-half-year layoff. Do you think that ring rust is a real thing? How do you see this one going down? Man, it's kind of hard to say with, with, with Henry. You know, he's, he's made these big improvements. and He's a dangerous guy, obviously. So, uh, you know, he's, he's going in against a guy like, like he's never seen before. Dominic is a really strange guy to fight. Uh, I think they just played our fight in 2011 where it was a very close fight. I caught him with some big, big punches on the chin. Cody caught him with some big punches on the chin. I think that'll be the deciding factor, you know, is, is, uh, is Cejudo going to be able to catch catch dom who's known for being elusive and his his strange footwork and, and all that kind of stuff i don't really believe especially with dominic's case that he'll be having a ring rust one of my former teammates from uc davis and one of the best trainers out there jeff bristol has been training him on on the physical side you know with uh getting his body prepared and, and so you know dom's not the type of guy that's going to be mentally weak enough to be you know, using ring rust as a, as an excuse. If he's stepping up to fight, I think he's going to bring his A game. Um, he doesn't really take a lot of damage traditionally. It's few and far between where he gets, you know, knocked down or gets rocked. Myself and Cody Garbrandt were two guys that were able to do that. But um, it's not like he's, he's, you know, his chin should be gone by any, by any means. So um, I think it's going to be an entertaining fight. I almost am, am, am thinking that Dom could get the upset. Yeah, because Cejudo's the minus 235 betting favorite. Are you saying the secret sauce for the Olympic wrestler has got to be connecting flush on the chin, keeping this thing standing in order to catch him like what you and Cody did? I think so. I, in, in my opinion, um, you know, when Cejudo bought, fought Marais, he, uh, you know, he took advantage of the fact that Marais is fast twitch muscle and, and has a little fatigue. He, he started to show a little bit of weakness, and, and Cejudo is that, has that champion mindset you know he's been a champion on multiple levels and was able to push and and, and i feel like you know not necessarily break but take advantage of a of a, of a lapse in, in focus and a lapse of conditioning in, in marias and with Cruz. um you know it has been three and a half years i i feel like uh it's going to be an issue who is you know only time will tell i think Suhudo's going to really be kind of like a bull in a china shop and try to you know run 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 uh Dominic down I'm not sure if wrestling's going to factor in I got a couple of takedowns against Dominic but short-lived uh you know Cody got a couple of, of takedowns against Dominic short-lived Dom got short takedowns against TJ Dillashaw fairly short-lived um and Cejudo doesn't I don't think he's out wrestling guys necessarily he's he's more of, of a of a grinder so I'm looking forward to it man it's an interesting matchup for sure and and uh you know, I, I, I've had a history with Dom, obviously, but, but respect him a lot. And Cejudo also, I, I've known him for a very long time. He's coming to my gym, and I respect him a lot. So I'm, I'm excited for the battle. Speaking of your gym team, Alpha Male, uh, Joe Benavidez, long history with him. You know, he came off of that loss in UFC Northfolk for the flyweight championship belt. What do you see in store for him next in his future and kind of what he's got to do to maintain that positivity? Cause he's one of the nicest, most positive people out there in the game. Yeah, man. I love Joe. And I, and I reached out to him shortly after that, you know, for, for Joseph, a consummate professional, he's, he's not a guy that loses focus or gets out of shape or anything else. So 
um, it's really up to him how he wants to attack this thing. And I've, I've been somebody that uh, has, has been a mentor to him in, in the past. And, and, you know, he always used to kind of make fun of the, my mentality of, you know, I always thought I was younger than I was and, and never, never afraid to take another shot at, at attacking uh, a title shot. Um, Diego, who, who, who he fought, also trained with us more recently. And he's a very tough guy. I thought for sure that the, the edge technically would be on Joseph's side, but um, Diego is a really gifted athlete, has a lot of power, and really believes in himself too. So uh, I think that fight could happen again. And um, I don't think that Joseph's ever – you can ever count Joseph out. And he, he knows that in his heart. And, and he lives uh, a lifestyle that leads to uh, a ton of second chances. So I'm excited for him and, and what's next. On this upcoming card Saturday evening, what's the one fight you're looking forward to seeing the most that we didn't talk about, the Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz? Is there another fight that you're most interested in watching Saturday evening? I honestly haven't, haven't looked at anybody in the card. I only know of our few guys. Who else, who else is on there? Justin Gaethje is fighting uh, Tony Ferguson. You have oh, yeah, Calvin Cater, Jeremy Stevens. You got Greg Hardy. Jorgen De Castro. There's a lot of good stuff. Francis Ngannou against Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Man, it's a bunch of good fights, dude. Uh, I would, I obviously the Gaethje fight is the is the one that that everybody wants to see, and um, dude, I've been enjoying. You know, Ferguson keeps popping up on my my popular feed on IG, and <laughs> what a character that guy is. I mean, a unique individual, and we need him, as you know. You know, I, you, you've got your own little twist the, uh, and accentuation of, of what MMA is all about. But um, Tony Ferguson, he's stepped it up on you, Schmo. He's the next level of outside the box, if you will. <laughs> yeah, the guy made weight for the fight April 18th. He cut all that weight for, obviously, a fight that didn't happen. What'd you make of that situation? Would you ever do something that crazy? Make weight for a fight that doesn't happen, and then knowing you got to do it again a couple of weeks later. Um, I wouldn't count my out myself out of that kind of situation. I like to do all sorts of to test myself. Um, you know, he's marching to a beat of his own drum, and good for him. It's it's working. I I don't think uh, in another in another world, Tony Ferguson would be on top of the world. So he's he's uh found a way to to make a great living and and become world famous and 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 carve himself out as one of the the best guys in the sport so um you know whatever he's doing it's it's kind of working we'll get you out of here on this the schmo saw some news the other week forgot who reported it we apologize but tj dillashaw was talking about getting a bantamweight championship opportunity, a title fight when he returns. Does he deserve that? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think he doesn't deserve it. I mean, people want to see uh, the fights that they want to see. And, and TJ always he, – he's ready to take any opportunity and believes that he deserves all opportunities. And good for him if, if they, if they uh, see it fit. But, I mean, the landscape has changed – drastically since he's been in the mix you've got jose aldo frankie edgar dominic cruz is back in the mix you've got you know cody reignited i mean i haven't seen cody this focused or this this healthy in in you know since he won the belt uh you've got you know the list of 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 people that are making names for themselves goes on and on i'm back in the mix peter yan who just you know who, who just bested me in a in a in a fight He's he's got a name. You've got Aljamain Sterling. You've got Song Yudong. You've got San Hagen. You've got uh, you know. Then you got Pedro Munoz and and Asuncao and all all those staple guys. I mean, he could sneak in there, but I don't think there's a one guy that you line up in this weight class right now that'll go through and beat everybody. Hands down, I think this is a a crapshoot weight class right now, and you don't always see that. Um, the the heavyweights have been like that for a very long time, where you, you know, you can't get a steady champion, but right now it's all about who gets those opportunities. So everybody's going to be vying for that, for that chance to jump in, you know, Dominic basically jumped in. They were talking about, uh, they're talking about Aldo getting in and they're talking about Frankie getting it. And they're talking about me getting it. And they're talking about Cody getting it. 
all that's five people coming off of losses, which is kind of crazy to think about. So it's it's a crapshoot thing. TJ would be also a guy that's coming off of a loss. So uh, it's a strange time in the sport. There's a lot of amazing fighters in the weight class. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked by anything. That's a great point. And you felt his power. Peter Jan, you think that guy's a future champion in this division? Or is it just a crab shoot like you just said? Uh, you know, he has potential. I just, I've, seen his, I've seen his work ethic. I've seen the way he, uh, you know, attacks the MMA world. And um, I think Dominic Cruz would be a bad matchup for him. I think TJ Dillashaw and, uh, and Cody Garbrandt would all be bad matchups for him. But, but most other guys he matches up really well with. Those three guys know how to be elusive and are, in my opinion, uh, much faster than he is. I felt like at 40 years old, I felt like I was faster than him in the first round. I got too relaxed. I was like, dude, I felt like this guy was slow. Got too relaxed, went straight back, got caught with a, a heavy punch in the chin, and that changed the trajectory. But, um, you know, I, I think that he'll, if he has the right pathway, he could be a champ very quick. If he has the wrong pathway, it will take him a long time. But uh, I don't think he's going to stop trying, and that's the most important thing for champs. They, they stay at it. And after all these years and all these fights, your chin is still beautiful, Uriah. Thank you, buddy. If only I, if only I had a bow tie like that to match with no shirt and this chin, man, we could, we could really put our, uh, our styles together and make some magic happen, you know? Hey, the schmo has extra schmo ties. The next time we see you in the flesh, you know what? Screw this. I'll see you next week. I'll bring one for you. That's my man, buddy. Yeah, birds of feather flock together, they say. Love it. He's the pro. I'm the schmo. Zoom conference style. Thanks for joining the Schmo Zone podcast. We appreciate you. There he is. That was the California kid, Uriah Faber. I think he was in his neighbor's backyard with his shirt off. So if you were watching that, I apologize with the mouth uh, not matching and everything like that. Wi-Fi difficulties there, but the audio sounded good at least. And I loved what he said about the Bantamweight division, kind of comparing it to the heavyweight division, a crapshoot right now. So many different guys there that, you know, come the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, who knows who could be contending or be the champion of that division. Exactly. Great interview, by the way. Always great too. right? Chat with the California kid and his daughter is so cute. Callie was cute. You could hear her in the background. And I, I guess next week I owe him a schmo bow tie. And hey, he could be pulling a James Krause and stepping up short notice. He could be fighting on May 16th, he said as well. Exactly. But kind of going back to your point about the bantamweight di division and the excitement in that division. I mean, right now, you know, like he mentioned also, right, with the Jose Aldo and then how Cody Garbrandt is very focused and uh, just working really hard right now but of course there's a marlon marias the aljamain sterlings putter yawn i hope i pronounce that right better than <laughs> what i can do i botch well, that every time because i i know he tried to teach you or twist your arm on how to um pronounce his name and then the Corey sanhagen's i mean there's just so much in that division cody stamen sonya don't i mean they're that division it's exciting and to be led by the king of cringe right now right makes it fun very fun division and i started picking uh uriah faber's brain about some betting action we haven't seen any fights in about two months and there's a lot of junkies out there there's a lot of people that love sports gambling and finally we can bring it back and the schmo zone podcast is sponsored by mybookie.ag Let's talk about some fights because I, what I love is with mybookie.ag, they will, if you put in $100, they will match and and up to 50% of it. So you put in $100, they'll give you an extra $50. You put in $500, they'll put in $250, all the way up to $1,000. You put in $1,000, $500, you get that back. So let's talk about some of these fights because, hey, what else are you going to do, right? Let's have some fun. Let's talk about some of the things that you could be betting on, too. I think Henry Cejudo, I brought it up with Uriah. He's a minus 235 favorite. Uh, that's an interesting play yeah. right there. Tony Ferguson, minus 190 favorite. Francis Ngannou, minus 300 favorite. Ooh, and, uh, and that's the heavyweight division. See, you know, it's always fun betting on the heavyweights because one punch changes everything. Exactly, and we all saw that literally in... Jair's last fight against Alistair 
which 10 seconds, right? Was it 10 seconds left on the clock? Yeah. And then... Jaya Rosenstruck. Yeah, he was losing that fight, literally, up until the very end against Alistair Overeem, which is interesting because Francis... That knockout he had over Francis, uh, or oh, what Francis, the knockout he had over Overeem a few years back before the Stipe fight, um, absolutely amazing. <laughs> it brought him to the moon. That that was amazing. So, you know, you can't compare those apples to oranges there. Different times in their careers, different fights, um, you know, different places in their career. Who knows? What about the the Greg Hardy, exactly. Jorgen De Castro fight? Yeah, well, and I do want to just correct also for the Alistair Overeem Jair fight. He, according to the official time clock, they stopped it four minutes, 56 seconds into the fifth round. Wow. So four seconds left. That's but crazy. I just remember because we were there the last like 10 seconds, it just started unfolding. Yeah. And I know mybookie.ag that you could do the over-unders for rounds, uh, how they get the victory, submissions, KOs. Yeah. It's, Greg Hardy, right? Yeah. Like what's Greg said? Hardy at? Minus 207. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, so many different plays here. And then Kelvin Cater, Jeremy Stevens. I was just going to point that out that I'm really excited for that fight. Kelvin Cater, minus 252 favorite. Yeah. And I mean, look, so so for even if you don't like pick, oh, I I got Kelvin winning this fight or I got Jeremy winning this fight. Picking the over-unders is so much fun, too, for some of these guys that come out guns blazing. That uh, go all go all out go all out in the first round, second round, whatever it is, it's it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. So make sure you use that promo code Schmozone, mybookie.ag Schmozone. Plug that in there. They'll match the cash up. Have some fun, make some money, and uh, you bet, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. Let's go. Yeah, I I mean, I'm just looking at the fight card, and I can't stop smiling. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 perfect. And uh, speaking of gambling, just to transition a little bit, but stay on that topic. We've been talking about the Jordan documentary. You know, I was glued to my TV uh, for episodes five and six. I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised. They got into Jordan's gambling, which kind of resurfaces the rumors that when he retired from basketball the first time to get into baseball, um, obviously, un- unfortunate circumstances, his father was murdered. His father always wanted him to be a professional baseball player. Um, but a lot of the rumors were he left the NBA or was kind of forced out of the NBA because of his gambling issues. Yeah, you were actually telling me that a few weeks ago. It's like everything you tell me, and then when I see it on the screen, I'm like, yeah, David was right. You had a point. <laughs> well, I mean, the the 90s Bulls team has such a deep place in my heart. You know, being from around there and role modeling my entire sports passion uh, and golfing my entire sports passion around the Chicago Bulls team of the 90s. And then it's just like as time has gone by, it seems like, you know, with the Kobe Bryant and LeBron James emerging in the sport and obviously us growing older, late 20s, early 30s and all that kind of stuff, like... Uh, it's two decades, three decades have passed and people forget. People forget about the greatness. And I think the biggest takeaway you're seeing out of this is just the competitive greatness. This is the point you brought up to me is, man, Jordan talks so much smack. He he was so confident, but he backed it up. He always backed it mm-hmm. up. Yeah, because I trust me, I'm, I've seen a lot of great athletes, whether it's Olympians, you know, obviously pro athletes, and they will talk. I mean, I think to perform at an elite level if you have any doubt in your mind you're not gonna win first or you're not you know gonna be where you want to be you have to believe in yourself and believe that you're the best more than anything in the world you know to perform at an elite level but there's been a lot of um pros that i've seen you know talk the talk but they still end up being dethroned or they may not always back it up maybe most of the time but then sometimes they can't but with Jordan what what impresses me is every single thing that he says he's like you know what tomorrow I'm gonna beat him then man he kind of pissed me off today and then the next day literally really do it or really crush him like it's everything he says he does and he outperforms every time 
Madison Square Garden, New York City, the mecca of basketball. Think about Doug Collins in the late 80s, his first year coaching the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan promises him a victory for the coach. Late game heroics, they get the W, he wins. Then fast forward to what we just saw in the documentary in episodes 5 and 6. They are down 2-0 playing the Knicks um, in the NBA playoffs. Uh, the New York Knicks in the 1993 series, uh, the Eastern Conference uh, Finals, and they're down 2-0. And then he goes gambling in Atlantic City. Imagine if that was during today's day and age with social media. They'd be all over that. They're down 2-0. They do the gambling. They go back to Chicago, and then they win four straight. It's like the confidence, just not letting this team lose, no matter what the situation's like. Even when Phil Jackson is starting to say the speech about, you know, um, it's okay if you guys want to lose you and everything. No, F that. We're not going to lose, Phil. <laughs> and then they just go out and win the game. Not being afraid to lose. Screw that. We're not going to lose. That's the mindset. You just don't see that anymore. You just don't see that. Exactly. You can't even think about losing. That can't even be in your vocabulary. But, yeah, with Michael Jordan, I definitely see where he is that one of a kind. And he does have that special thing about him the special aura mentality um yeah i mean you're blessed to be able to have been from chicago grown up been to his games yeah and, and it just it does a disservice trying to compare okay who's the mma fighter or who's the professional boxer no, or the baseball player in today's age that's the michael jordan you can't even say that like when i think about michael jordan you think of superb excellence like the, the people in the respective sport, and I don't even think Wayne Gretzky, the great one, you can even put in that same category, but I think of Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, and maybe like a Tiger Woods. Sure, fine, you can throw in Wayne Gretzky from the hockey component, but like literally that is your top of the top, cream of the crop, the greatness in their era at different times too. Think about at the different times that there's like centuries apart from the Muhammad Ali's, the Babe Ruth's, the Michael Jordan's. Um, that's what I think of the excellence, the greatness. Like they're on a pedestal where they're not just the greatest in their respective sport, they're the greatest athlete in all the sports during that time frame. But not only during that time frame, what impresses me about Michael Jordan as well, and they spoke about this in the episode, are I have a pair of Jordan brand shoes, you know, I have a pair of Air Jordans, and it's like I know you have probably multiple pairs, and if you don't have a pair, you probably know someone who does, right? And so it's just like, it's crazy because how he built his brand and even the Jordan brand, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, now he's worth over $2 billion, and and I'm glad you brought that up. I remember they talked about uh, the Nike meeting at the very beginning. He didn't even want it. To be repped by Nike. He wanted Adidas. What of over a billion dollars that Adidas has definitely missed out in. I don't know the exact number, but tons of money they left on the table because I guess they were locked in with other NBA, great NBA players during that era, and they didn't have enough money to court Michael Jordan. And Nike was just known as a running shoe, the documentary uh, pointed out, which is true. And then the gamble, I guess they made a gamble, a 250K gamble on Michael Jeffrey Jordan at the time in the mid-80s. Definitely paid off, right? Yeah, it was definitely worth it. Yeah, so I mean, I know I we talk about Michael Jordan a lot. We won't talk about it as much after the documentary <laughs> because I think the documentary is doing the right due diligence, the right justice. There hasn't been other sports on television, so this is getting its own platform, its own show on Sunday evenings, primetime, and then people are talking about it all week like us. We're bringing it up on our podcast, um, so I'm happy with that. We don't have to beat it to a dead horse after it but as this is but, going on it's fun to talk about it well and because i'll let it slide because i know you're from chicago or near chicago so i know how important michael jordan is to you northwest suburb i think 26 miles 25 miles outside buffalo of chicago grove. buffalo grove hey i've run marathons that's 26.2 miles i've run longer than it takes for me to drive in the city from where i grew up that's crazy that's why your knees crack my, my knees and ankles. Yeah. So every time I walk, fun fact, thanks for bringing it up. Travis, you brought it up too as I'm walking in here. Or walking up the stairs, I always hear yeah. it crack. Can't be, can't be in the military. Can't be sneaky because like every time I walk and you're just paying attention, you hear click, click, snap, snap, snap. It's just my ankles just 
um, some high ankle sprains as a teenager that never really healed. Hey, but I respect you for being able to run that much. I was never the runner, hence why I, I, you swim. I, I, uh, yeah, I got into running probably um, my junior year of high school, senior year, just to lose weight because um, I was kind of chunky and overweight, and I sucked at running, and it just got some, it became something I got good at, and then I did my first half marathon um, going into college. Um, or it could have been after my freshman year of college because I put on that freshman 10, freshman 20, whatever it was. And then I started getting into full marathons, and then I built my way into the triathlons, and then I got up to the half Ironman, which we've talked about before. Um, and then I will eventually do a full Ironman when it's all said and done, which will be fun. I know you will. Just like I know you will get back into that Olympic level of swimming. And that's what we're working on. That's That's been the blessing of this quarantine, might I say. It's both you and I working our tails off. Literally. To get into shape, to eat right, to eat healthy, hold each other accountable. Like every all the excuses we've been making with travel. Oh, we're traveling so much, uh, covering this fight and um, going here and there and not being able to work out. Well, now we can bring our P90X DVDs, which yeah. I'm so glad I found. MVP of quarantine, Tony yes. Horton. I'll shout him out all the time. Such a great, motivating guy on a DVD. It might be from 2004. He might be 65 or so right now. But, man, that guy that guy knew how to put together a good program. Exactly. When you first told me, because after you found them and you were trying to get me to do, the, to do them, I admit it, I was very skeptical. I was hesitant. I was like, really, this stuff? And then now I... A, feel way back in shape, and B, I feel like I definitely caught up a lot, and I'm wondering, what the hell was I doing at the gyms before? Like, I didn't feel this athletic. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, it's, it's definitely helped. It's empowered me to improve myself in all facets of my life, and um, now we're reaping the benefits of it, right? Yes. So I'm going to take this time also to give the other sponsor of the Schmozone podcast. Now, look, I'm going to get into this and I'm going to get Helen to support me and to vouch for me because I had been <laughs> skeptical. I'm not going to lie. Manscaped, I'm not going to lie. I was skeptical. I did see you advertising with Brian Ortega, with Francis Nganu, and some of the other podcasts and talking about, oh, it's the number one service for men, men's grooming and everything like that. I'm not going to lie to you. I've definitely taken men's grooming into account throughout my entire life. Uh, it's definitely important to shave your balls. Wouldn't you say so, Helen? Extremely important. Keeping it trimmed. I'm not going to lie to you. Every single time I've ever shaved my balls in my entire life, I've always got cuts. I've always nicked it. I've always drew blood. No doubt about it. So I've been skeptical of Manscaped. Well, guess what? I'm not skeptical anymore because I have tried their lawnmower 3.0 right here. It's in a nice case. And I'll tell you something about this thing. And this is it. You can hear it right here. And if, you could, if you're watching, you can see this light. This stuff is absolutely amazing. I've used this now four or five times. Have not cut my balls. <laughs> Probably because I got this light well, too. So you could see this stuff. And you can actually could see where you're going on your skin. And it doesn't hurt. It, like, I don't feel the pain. And they have all this other product, too. Like, they have, like... Stuff that you could, like a powder and uh, like a deodorant for down there and stuff mm. like that. And this lawnmower, this Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, it's the real deal. It freaking works. So go to manscaped.com, use the promo code SCHMO, S-C-H-M-O, get your 20% off. And I'm telling you, trimming your junk will never be the same. This stuff is amazing. And I absolutely love it. And the battery, by the way, it lasts up to 90 minutes, so I don't have to worry about the the baloney of you know like having the charges all Halfway the time through yeah yeah and it just works and get 20 percent off use the promo code schmo and by the way you get free shipping too which always helps do it now your balls are gonna thank you i guarantee that precision engineered tools for your family jewels you like that i love it and not only are your balls gonna thank you so will your significant other Yes, and who knows, uh, we can clean this. It comes with a little cleaner. I might be shaving the schmo stash with this when it's all said and done. Uh, maybe I'll use a different one. 
I got two, you know. Yeah, I mean, one's for down there, one's for upstairs. Yeah, it works. I mean, the, the facial hair on, on this fresh uh, baby yeah, powder I... face looks like pubes as itself, you know, so I'm just going to call it like it is. Might have to use it for <laughs> the face and for down low. It works. It's manscaping. Multi-purpose. Multi-purpose manscaping. So that there it is, everybody. They are proud supporters of the Schmozone podcast, and I know they work with, uh, I've seen them advertise with boxing. I know they did the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. I know they've worked with other fighters. They're working with the Schmo now, too, and I'm a believer, and obviously it works if I'm going to talk about it, and I'm using it, and it's good stuff. It works. And I will admit, if I end up cutting myself and draw some blood, because it's always happened, but fortunately, four or five times in, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I don't see any scars. Oh, I'm talking about down below. You haven't seen those either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Had to throw you a little Yeah, off. yeah, yeah, I know. So, yeah, as we brought up early in the show, tomorrow morning heading to Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, should we talk about a few more of the fights? Just because, like I said earlier, I'm super excited yeah. for the card. Well, let's talk about like May 13th and May 16th. I guess we can call them UFC Fight Nights because they yeah. don't have like official titles yet. Um, but, you know, it's literally some of the people that are fighting, you know, uh, they were had scheduled bouts. I know a lot of guys like Walt Harris and, and, and Alistair Overeem. Yes. Um, they are fighting. They're supposed to be on the UFC Portland card. That got moved to the Apex. That got mm -hmm. canceled from the Apex because of the... COVID-19, uh, and then they got moved now to uh, May Florida. May 13th, yeah. Or May 16th, yeah, I believe, that those guys. Yeah, the 16th, but May 13th, Anthony Smith, Glover Teixeira. That was supposed to be at UFC Fight Night in Lincoln. That's mm -hmm. another great bout. Uh, I know Jock Ray Souza is fighting. I believe he's fighting Uriah, Uriah Hall. Hall this weekend, and... I mean, let's not forget the rematch seven years in the making Donald's Cowboy Cerrone against Anthony Pettis. And those aren't even the pay-per-view cards, too. And those would be pay-per-view cards under a normal circumstance, too. And that those are phenomenal fights. Former heavyweight champion Fabricio Werdum against Alexia Linick. That'll and, be a clinic. Yeah, well, and, and real quick, uh, going back to uh, Souza, uh, Jacare, and Uriah Hall, two guys that were once like top five, top six guys in the middleweight division that are fighting to get back in the top 10. They're, I believe they're both ranked somewhere between 10 and 15 right now. They're both two guys still capable of capturing middleweight gold. I know they believe it. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, there's so many great fights. Michelle Watterson, Carla Esparza. I believe she actually told me in an interview because someone like tagged me in it on Twitter. And I I forgot it was already, I think, two summers ago that Michelle Watterson told me she wanted to fight Carla Esparza. That's going to be a good match. Uh, both OGs in the game. Really important for women's fighting. Both those two fighters and very talented women fighters. Uh, MMA fighters in general. Um, if you were to guess, who yes. would be the first headline card for Fight Island? Conor McGregor has to be there, right? Conor McGregor has to be there. And, I mean, Jorge Masvidal, the BMF, right? Because that's the news that everyone's been breaking. It's like, you know, Dana White, um, he said it multiple times. He might have said it to Kevin Ioli, and he might have said it to Barstool Sports. He's saying it to a lot of different people who, you know, I know he's doing interviews, that the Usman-Masvidal fight isn't locked up. It's not locked up. Yeah. So that would only mean that McGregor would be the reason why Masvidal wouldn't fight Usman. What other name? Maybe Colby Covington, but you don't hear Colby Covington no. talking about that. All you hear Colby Covington talk about is a rematch with Usman or Tyron Woodley, which Tyron Woodley Gilbert Burns is in the works for May 23rd. Yeah. Exciting fight, too. Well, I am so excited. I'm like, May, this is such an awesome month. May day, all day, every day. Wow. You and your, is it called, like, Little Rhymes? You're a good singer. Not a good singer. Yeah, in the morning when you sing, and then I try to repeat it, and I, and you don't know what I'm talking about, unfortunately, and never made it to choir. I guess, coming from you, 
I guess everybody would be a good singer because you are the only person I've ever met, Helen, that's got a worse voice than me when it comes to singing. No, you know what? Unfortunately, I say that it with is love. true. I say that with love. Though. It's true really because do. in the fourth grade, you know, I don't know about you, but here in Vegas, everyone in our class had to like take a choir test. So on the piano, like the do, re, mi, fa, so, blah, blah, blah. So everyone in the class made it to choir except me and two guys. And that's how I knew because I actually used to, when I was very young, I liked like Britney Spears and stuff like that. And I actually kind of wanted to be a singer, you know, when I was super young. Then I knew after the fourth grade, I was like, yeah, no way. I'm with you. I know what I'm good at. I know what I suck at. <laughs> I'm not musically gifted at all. I can't Me play neither. any instruments. The only instrument I could probably successfully play and probably still play is the recorder because that I'm oh, really good yeah. at memorizing stuff. So yeah, yeah. I could play that with my nose, hot cross buns. You know, Mary had with a little your nose. Yeah. <laughs> you could just blow with your nose and, it, and play it. Okay. And, but, good to know. I play piano until my mom uh, <laughs> kind of like chased my sister and I because we couldn't sit still. So we ended up becoming swimmers. And you were a great swimmer until your parents made you quit. Oh, yeah. Now the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. I know. I love you, Mom, Dad. Don't worry. But regardless, though, um, everything in life, we both believe this. We've, we have these deep conversations. Happens for a reason, for better or for worse. Yeah. And uh, all you can control is the moment. I've said this, too. Um, part of my inspirational talk. There's three facets of life. There's the past. There's the present and the future. Right. If you mm -hmm. categorize three different things, everyone gets so caught up trying to control the past. But the past is the past. It's already happened. You You're can't right. do anything with with that. All you can control is the present. And by controlling the present will help shape the future. Now, put that in baseball terms for all the baseball fans out there watching. Wouldn't you rather try to bat 666 than 333? Hear me out on that. Two thirds versus one thirds. You get so caught up on trying to control the past, manipulate the past, you have no control over it. You're not focusing on the present and the future. You're trying to control one out of three. But if you just give in to the fact you're never going to get the past back and you focus on the present, that's going to help shape the future. Now you have two out of three, batting 666. That is a much better way to look at life than the alternative. Wow. Did I just. I mean, I literally just entered the schmo zone. You, you, you're you getting deep with the words today. That is the with schmo the zone. With the wisdom. You know, I, we're, we are, by the way, 14 episodes in. We are still learning this podcast thing on the fly. I'm hoping I'm much better at this two years down the line, five years down the line, 10 years Same. down the line. Because uh, it's a lot of fun doing this. I want to be good at doing this. And um, if I suck I right now. If, if we suck right now, you're great. Because uh, because yeah. you have the background in this because you had your own radio show here in Vegas yeah. uh, for many years. You know, people, everyone everyone just sees this, the character, the schmo, and just doing a few minutes on YouTube and, and doing interviews. But, like, look, I mean, I love sports. I love but different weird things in life. I and, think that's the main thing. Sorry to cut you off, but how you say you love sports, I think if you can find a passion... That's already step one. That's a huge step. Yeah, and, and we brought up the word, I, I beat that word like a dead horse in the last podcast, authenticity. People want to see realness and authentic people. If, if people can feel the passion that from someone and um, hear it from their voice and uh, they're speaking about something passionately, I think they're going to be drawn to it, ultimately. Yeah. I think that, I mean, real human emotion is uh, something that we all can connect with. Exactly. And I think if you are passionate at something, you'll work very hard at it. And then passion with hard work, you know, you just keep grinding. Yeah. And even if you have no idea what you're passionate about, there's nothing that should stop you from trying as many things as possible so you can eliminate the things that you don't want to do. And then by process of elimination over time, you will figure out the things that you actually enjoy doing. And then you could focus on those and then you can continue to narrow narrow it down over time and then ultimately you'll find one or two or maybe three things and become really good at those exactly and don't be afraid to conquer your fears too because you may actually find your passion from that that's kind of what happened to me about speaking 
because that was my biggest fear. And on, on that note, I think your will to win and your will to to be successful should always outweigh your fear of failure. You can't go into True. something being afraid of losing or afraid of the outcome. You have to be all in and just having the mindset that, you know what, I'm going to go out, give it my best, and I'm going to be a winner no matter what. And then you'll get the best results that way. I love it. That's just, uh, I don't know, a little motivational motivation right there. I know. I, I feel so motivated to go home, do some more P90X. <laughs> and pack. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of packing to do. And make the most of it, of course. But, yeah, those are just some of the little things that, you know, are, are definitely important, you know, tidbits of things over time. You know, one day, we've talked about this before, I wanted, I'm definitely going to write a book. I mean, I know I've, you know, I don't have... I have a lot of crazy experiences to get to this point. I've had a lot of struggle, as have you. We've had a lot of struggle to get here. It's not like, hey, uh, we've had this crazy bank account. Hey, show up and do this stuff. Now, this is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and hard work. And uh, over time, uh, it's going to come out. You know, like there's a huge part of my story that I purposely just don't want to give up just yet because I just don't know how I want to share it because I know I think it can help a lot of different people. And in a time like right now and a situation where a lot of people are going to have to reset, uh, a lot of people are going to look themselves in the mirror and are struggling on on what their life is like or what their life is going to be like, now is the time to just go out there and take action. And perseverance and hard work cannot be substituted for anything. And if you look at the commonalities for the most successful people and the people that get what they want in life regardless of the hands and the cards that they were dealt because we're all dealt different cards you know Mm -hmm. some people are born with a lot more and a lot less than others but the people that work hard and don't make excuses and just find ways to pivot and to react and be proactive right i'd say i said the word react but be proactive rather than reactive don't wait for things but take things grab things work for things those are the people that are going to get what they want Exactly. And another quote that I love is, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Build a door. And uh, one of my favorite people, if uh, you know, Google Earl Nightingale. Uh, he was a salesman in the 1950s. He utilized uh, the radio um, back in his day. That was the medium. But the strangest secret, um, just Google. There's two videos, but just watch them. It's worth your time. I highly recommend it. Earl Nightingale. His definition of success, and I live by this, and um, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. And he breaks that down, and it's just something I firmly believe in. And even when I struggled mightily in my early and mid-20s to get to where we are today, um, that really helped me out. And it gave me a lot of perspective. And uh, I don't know, I would definitely recommend Googling uh, Earl Nightingale and The Strangest Secret and uh, have fun and watch it or listen to it. I love it. It sounds like a pretty damn good note to end the podcast. I know that. I I just wanted to see if you were on the same wavelength as me because I'm like, if I add anything to this, how can I make that any better? Yeah, well, I can't. No, we. Hey, for Not those today. the those that are have been watching or listening through episode fourteen, we appreciate you. We take yes. notice. We appreciate all the support for Helen Sports, for the Schmo, for the Schmo Zone podcast. We love you all. We're gonna continue to be better every single time. Yeah, every single week, strive to be better. Um, if, if you're a fight fan, I'm assuming a lot of you are that are watching and listening, uh, stay tuned, uh, get your popcorn ready as our former Schmozone guest, Terrell Owens says, because, uh, we're going to try to pump out as much unique, exclusive, they love to use exclusive in journalism, exclusive content out there. Stay tuned. Yeah. So he's the pro. Mm -mm, I'm just David, but, but I appreciate that. How are we going to sign off? All right, Normally sign you off. sign off, so uh, you do it. No, you do it. You do it. No, I I don't know how you sign off then. You Just do it. Create, create something on the fly. We'll see you from Jacksonville.
Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.